well, we serve underprivileged uh, caregivers. So it's mothers, yes, but it's when we say mama, that's like an all-inclusive term for caregiver. Yeah. So you know, if you're a non-biological mother, if you are a father, if you are a, a foster parent, like mm. you don't have to have birthed this child to be Love their it. mama. Yeah. You know, and so we help families who are falling through the cracks. We help families who might need just one hand up. They might just need a grocery hamper in between a job. Welcome to Let's Not Sugarcoat It, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Bella, Alex, and Amy. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay, let's get into it, ladies. Uh, Today, we have Shannon Christensen, born Kimmet, right? Kimmet, was born and raised in Kelowna, BC, and lives here with her husband of 18 years and her two young boys with a BA in psychology and master's of counseling psychology, specializing in forensics. Ooh. Ooh. We could do a <laughs> podcast murder. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> she has a passion for working with marginalized population mm. and used this drive to start Mamas for Mamas. This grassroots project has since become a, na- a national non-for-profit organization dedicated to reducing the negative impact of poverty on low-income mothers and their families. Shannon has been recognized as a top 40 under 40 recipient, a woman to watch, and was a top three finalist for Women of the Year through the City of Kelowna Civic and Community Awards. I know, right? We are in the presence of greatness. Uh, Most recently, (laughs) she has co-authored a best-selling book about motherhood and has brought home the... Are you ready? Meritorious. She was practicing. I was practicing that word. I'm telling you, service medal from the Governor General of Canada for her work with Mamas for Mamas. Yay. Hi, Shannon. (laughs) Yeah, Shannon really likes garlic dill pickles. I can get you some, my mama pickles. Spaghetti and making the world a better place. (laughs) Spaghetti is also my favorite food. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, we're so uh, happy to have you. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. It's exactly what I needed on a Monday, <laughs> on Monday morning. Oh, you, oh, a post-March break Monday. <laughs> yeah. oh. First day back, kids went to school. It was a win, but I don't know. I woke up just cranky and I was like, I got to see some fun ladies today or it's going to be we a different kind of the bubbly. Yeah, yeah, we should have. Oh, we missed out. Is oh. Totally. I'm here. We're do you, yeah. Oh man. People probably like, just assume from our podcast that we do drink mimosas. <laughs> Probably like they're always drinking. But um, Splash, we yeah. do not drink. No. Yet. But in yeah. your, like, yeah. do you feel like part of your post-March break grumpiness is that like, were your kids around the whole time? Because I just feel like I fell so behind I, in yeah. everything. I really struggled with this whole, they're not, young enough to need childcare, but they're not old enough to really be on their own. And I'm okay yeah. with, I want to be around them, but I'm still working, of course, full-time with Mamas for Mamas. And we're a little shorthanded right now. So I've been kind of wearing two hats at work and then another hat at home. And I just felt like, you know, when do I get to take them out and do something fun? And I'm always mm-hmm. rushing. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. rushing to go pick up groceries. I'm rushing to get to work. I'm rushing to get home. And I just was like, oh God, I'm tired of wishing. You know, so I did take a little bit of time. But when I woke up this morning, I almost felt like I kind of wasted the break. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's the same for all moms or if it's just, you know, those of us who are incredibly hard on ourselves, I'm going to say that's all moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just felt like, oh, I wish I'd done more for them or, oh, I wish I'd made it more special or I wish we'd been able to go away. 
But the yeah. reality is at this phase of my life in the work I'm doing and in the the lifestyle I'm in, it's just not possible. So we found ways to make every day fun. The boys decided to open the pool. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> and uh, so cold plunging is, <laughs> is the new thing, I guess. Oh. But whatever. I'm just, I'm deciding to roll with it and not Love to it. let the initial crankiness stay with me in the day. You're allowed mm-hmm. to be cranky. Yeah. As my Nana would say, have your pity party and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah for so sure. So I've moved on. I love it. I love it. See, I I think I'm on the opposite end. We took our kids away and I think I'm grumpy about it because I don't think they appreciated the things that we do for them. Mm. They didn't appreciate it. Oh my gosh. There was so much fighting. Yeah, because do you ever really feel like they appreciate it? Do do we see the joy? I don't know. (laughs) Well, we talked about this on one of our podcasts about how it's a little hard for them to understand that how lucky they are here because they're surrounded by it. You know, they don't really understand that not everybody goes out on the boat all summer and yeah. has the beach, you know. goes to a house with an indoor pool yeah. and still fight about it. It's like, yeah. 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 Well, it's like, in my world, most kids don't have enough to eat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most kids don't have an actual stable home. And so for me, I'm always really reaffirming to my boys, you know, how lucky we are and how yeah. grateful we are for a roof over our head and food mm-hmm. on the table. And, yeah. you know, I had kind of... Um, I had that life with the with the boys, with the boats and the the beaches over the summers. And then I sold everything to keep mamas going. And mm. that was something that, you know, I've never been happier mm-hmm. to do something like that. But yeah. it definitely it changed the lifestyle that we enjoy as a family. So we stay home. We do a lot of hiking. We do a lot of things that are mm-hmm. uh, cheap and free. And I still feel incredibly wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I still feel unbelievably lucky and incredibly full of wealth. You know, my mm. health is a big part of wealth. My kids' happiness is such a big part of that. You know, we're able to afford good food and good fun. And yeah. I just feel like it's all perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly. You know? Totally. Yeah. So tell us, like, yeah, how did mamas come to be? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> how much time? <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, we it was... We got a lot of shit. But I, well, you mentioned something it. about your Nana. And then I remember once being at a talk where you were talking about how she had a huge influence on... Yeah. This work you do. Yeah, she was just this absolute badass rock star of a woman and human being. And mm-hmm. she had this drive that I'd never really met in anybody else. And her whole thing was, you know, you have enough material. You can choose to build a longer table or you can choose to build a higher fence. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's good. The amount of time you spend is the same and the amount of materials you're using are the same, but the output and the outcome is so drastically different. And it's yeah. up to you to choose that or not. Yeah. You know, and I just remember these stories. And she, when she was overseas, um, you know, as an expat in the oil and gas industry, she helped to start the motherless babies home. So mm-hmm. she was like, there's all these babies out here and, and, you know, people are having a hard time looking after them. And, you know, it didn't take me very much. I just got some of the women around my, around my pool yeah. at the expat, um, like village to give me a hundred dollars each. And so we got running water and then we got mosquito nets. And she's Aww. like, if you just put one foot in front of the other and help one baby at a time, the next thing you know, you've got a whole home full of them. She was, that was early seventies, wow. you know, but she was raised in what she calls a Catholic orphanage um, and or was a residential home. You know, at that time, we're still trying to figure out what exactly, Mm, you know, the the dynamic was, but her parents had both passed away and uh, she was one of seven kids that all got separated really early on. She was six when she got put into the home 
And by the time she was 14, she decided that she was having none of it. (laughs) (laughs) And no one was going to tell her what to do or how to live her life or what to believe in and what was important in the world. So she ran away Mm. and she built a life for herself. And it was incredibly difficult. Mm. You know, she, as a 14 year old young girl traveling through Canada, uh, ending up over in Montreal and then moving down to Harlem, New York and doing all this work with women who lived out. Mm. So her whole life had kind of been, you know, it embodied giving back in some way, but it wasn't because she thought she had to, it's because she felt she was born to do so. Mm. And that just stuck with me, you know, and she lived until she was like 198. It felt like she was like 90, 95 when she passed um, in early 2020. So, you know, when I was going through my initial struggles with, you know, being a new mom and I had it all, you know, Mm. I had um, a, a wonderful partner and a nice home, but I had this huge loss. My dad had passed away the day after my wedding, mm. suddenly of a heart attack. And he was only 53. Wow. And um, he left me with, you know, about a half million dollars and just a completely broken heart mm. and uh, a desire to try and fill my cup somehow. And after my second baby and his inheritance came through, like right around that same time, I just started looking on Facebook and I was looking for people who needed a hand up because mm. I thought, well, maybe this will help because my dad did that a lot. And my Nana told me, you know, the best way to heal your heart is to help somebody. Mm-hmm. I even speak with a little French accent when I talk about <laughs> that, but, you know, the best way to... You're channeling to, her right now. Like I can feel her heavy. Yeah. But the best way to heal your heart or to heal your soul or to feel better about something is to help somebody. She's like, I promise you every single time it's going to help. Yeah. So I started seeing moms that were struggling to pay rent and I just would send them the two grand and they got to pay their rent. They didn't have to do their bottle drives anymore or... Maybe they could do their bottle drives and they would just have a little bit extra. Um, The very first mom that I found um, when I started, I went home that day after talking to my Nana. It's April, I think 14th, 2014. And I was lamenting this loss of community and this loss of the village and or the lack of experience of it to begin with. And my Nana said, well you know, like I've told you, when your heart hurts, you just got to help somebody. <laughs> You'll feel better. <laughs> so I was like, shit, you know what? You're right. And I went home and I started this Facebook group and I called it Mamas for Mamas. Because mm-hmm. growing up, my mom would have five, six of my girlfriends and boyfriends or whoever over. They all called her mama because she looked yeah. after everybody. Right. <sighs> She was like the original big mama. That was yeah. my mom, teacher yeah. at my school, looked after all the kids. So anyway, I get home that day. I started this Facebook group, Mamas for Mamas. And uh, I went and I found this mom. She's like 19 years old. And she was looking for groceries on the shop and swap. Because that's where I found the initial mums for the group with shop and swap. I was like, hey, you don't have to sell that. Come and give it away on this free group Go I'm there. creating. And you can get kindness in return. They were like, okay. <laughs> that's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, like, you're just going to take it and sell it or something. They would they would think. Yeah. But I would just, I was giving away my my Valco stroller. Like the, the fancy um, $2,000 cribs. The things I just didn't need anymore. And I thought, uh, if they can see that I'm willing to build a longer table instead of a higher fence with my items, maybe that will encourage them yeah. to do the same. But before that was actually happening, I would just give, give my shit away. Yeah. And it was this grocery experience for me that really changed my life and made me realize it wasn't just going to heal me to help people. It was going to heal us as a, a motherhood um, mm. collective. Oh my gosh. Because we just really weren't mm-hmm. engaging enough in that kindness currency. So... I told this mama, you know, um, I saw your post and I saw there's about 300 comments and about 299 of them are really mean. 
Um, you know, if you can't afford kids, close your legs. If you can't manage this, like it was the most awful, horrible things I've ever seen. And I, I started bawling. You know? like, I'm there with my baby who's fed and happy and healthy. And she's 19 mm. with a one-year-old expecting her second. Yeah. And there was no empathy. Yeah. There Isn't was something. Yeah. Like where was the experience of compassion? So I asked her what she wanted and she said, spaghetti. <laughs> And as a woman who loves some good spaghetti, I was like, girl, you are after my heart. So I bought like $300 worth of groceries and a bolognese material for like, you know, two weeks worth of spaghetti. But I got the strawberries and the blueberries and I just did a big shop. Yeah. And bringing it to her house that day is something I'll never forget in my entire life. It just, every time I think about it, you know, it brings me back to that initial why. Mm -hmm. So she cried. I cried. I'm still crying. I cry every time I talk talk about it. We're all crying. Because <laughs> it was like hope. Yeah. And not just for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was hope for me yeah. as this elitist, privileged white woman that I felt so much guilt in being. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to give away what I had as quickly as I could so I could belong. Mm-hmm. You know. Interesting. Yeah. It was a really interesting dynamic. So... That was the beginning of Mamas for Mamas, and it just kind of took off like a bat out of hell ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you obviously come from a long line of nurturers, and it's not, a you know, it's by design that you are so nurturing. Um, And so tell us a little bit, because I know you do a lot of things. You do Mamas for Mamas, and then you've also, I know a little bit from talking to you that you've built on that. But tell us a little bit about, so Mamas for Mamas serves... Well, we serve underprivileged uh, caregivers. So it's mothers, yes, but it's when we say mama, that's like an all-inclusive term for caregiver. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a non-biological mother, if you are a father, if you are a, a foster parent, like mm. you don't have to have birthed this child to be Love their it. mama. Yeah. You know, and so we help families who are falling through the cracks. We help families who might need just one hand up. They might just need a grocery hamper in between a job. They might need a little bit of support getting into the resource navigation world if they're all of a sudden dealing with a child who's got um, a neurodiverse ability. You know, you might need just general support funding childcare. But at the end of the day, the majority of families we serve are those who have these large overarching needs for a comprehensive care plan. And they are falling through multiple cracks and Mm -hmm. they are trying to find housing at the same time as they're trying to ensure their food security is is on point. They're trying to ensure their children have access to clothing and basic social determinants of health. Um, They're looking for counseling. They're looking for support getting out of an abusive marriage. They're looking for support once they've left an abusive marriage, getting into a shelter or coming out of a shelter or finding a shelter in a different town. Um, You know, there are kind of endless situations that families face, but that's the best part about mamas is we have endless solutions. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of a catch-all. Yeah, it really is like a, it was built as a, as a response to being in the nonprofit world and not knowing where to send my clients. So I was, I was a sexual assault trauma counselor in my first career. That was the forensic side of my life as I did a lot of uh, youth forensics. And then I started working with the survivors on the forensic side and they were just such incredible, resilient humans that just needed a little bit of extra help. And they may have already gone to the food bank. Um, They may have had stable housing or not, but they really just were kind of falling through every crack and facing every barrier. And there wasn't one place they could go to say, what do I do? You know, how do I apply for income assistance? How do I apply for this rental subsidy? How do I apply for uh, a restraining order? I mean, there's not one place where you can ask all of those questions. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, if it's not there, you have to build it. And if it's not needed, then 
ideally you'll work yourself out of a job. Yeah. And that's always been my goal at Mama's on the clinical and poverty relief side of things is to work myself out of a job. Mm. You know, I want to develop systems where we're looking after each other. And that is idealistic. I understand that, but I'm an idealist. And I believe that if you make big ideas, big things will happen. And we have to be willing to engage in change. We have to be willing to challenge what we're doing all day, every day, if it's not working. Yeah. So Mama's is like a response to the nonprofit community to say, we're here with you. We're not here to take over. We're not here to do instead of, we're here to do with you. Mm. We're going to fill your programs. We're going to make sure that parents know about your after-school drop-in. We're going to make sure that you're, you know, everybody and anybody who could benefit from your services knows about it because then their numbers go up and they get more funding. Yeah. And so we don't do anything that's already out there. The duplication of efforts is... um silly. (laughs) It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And we're just here to make sure that the gaps are being filled. And truthfully, I thought it was going to be a cute little side project off the side of my desk with a little resource navigation handbook as I continued on being a trauma counselor. But at the end of the day, so many families and so many communities need this support. So we've expanded to six physical locations and 63 satellite locations across the country because everybody needs to know where to go when you don't have a mama to go to, or you don't have your mama to go to, mm. or someone who can help. Wow. wow. That's mind-blowing. That is really mind-blowing. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. yeah. It, honestly, it's it, it's like, it's that meme that escalated quickly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how yeah. I feel all the time. And how many years mamas. was that, that it took you? Well, it took three years to become a registered charity mm. because the CRA was like, you're too inclusive. You're trying to help everybody. You know, you're trying mm. to help people that fall over the income cutoff and you can only help people under the poverty line. Uh-huh. And I said, but $42,500 is an arbitrary poverty line. That's not actually what it is to be in poverty. You know, in Kelowna, it's 73500 for wow. a family of three. If you make less than that, you are technically in poverty. Wow. You know, just based on the cost of living, the cost of groceries, the sunshine tax, everything included, you know, it's $2,100 for a studio apartment in Kelowna right now. Yeah. So if you're renting, you know, for a family of five, you're looking at $3,500 a month. Yeah. It's unrealistic. You know, most people are spending 70% of their income on rent or housing when it shouldn't be more than 30. So, you know, we have many families that are falling over that quite arbitrary poverty line cutoff and they still need help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, where do totally. you go? You come to mama's. We will make sure that we're looking after you. But we had to get very creative in the way we do that. And there are, you know, multiple levels of income assistance that are provided by the government. And once you've hit that and you're now in this like overarching, you don't fit into the mandate, you you come to mama's and you fit our mandate. That's really cool. Yeah, I've always thought that arbitrary poverty line is something interesting. Like you're comparing cross country, right? Mm -hmm. For this income level that I remember once when I was in Vancouver, it was middle class was a family that earned Mm 160,000. Well, the houses cost $4 million. So, (laughs) you know, 160,000 is not really getting you much. No kidding. Right? So, yeah. And even if you're renting, you know, if if you can't afford to buy, it's actually cheaper to buy. Um, than it is to rent in in the big, big grand scheme of things. And that's Mm -hmm. where it comes down to these poverty taxes that we fight on the regular. The less you make and the less you have, the more you pay for things. Even just going to your groceries, for example, you can buy an entire cow and that'll last you and another family for a year. It's about five grand. You're spending about $3 a pound on the meat. Mm -hmm. In the store, it's about $20 a pound per meat 
you know, depending on what you're getting, if you're getting steak, if you're getting chuck, if you're getting ground beef, it's closer to six or seven bucks a pound. But if you can afford to buy in bulk, you're spending less. If you have a low credit score, you have to give $1,000 to Fortis or whichever gas company mm-hmm. you're going to be signing up for because you're showing that you have a lesser ability to pay. Therefore, you must pay in advance. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, interest rates that are much, much higher for people. You know, subprime is one of those things I understand at, at an economy level. I understand at a business level that you have to charge more in order to make up the risk, you know, but it's bullshit as far as I'm concerned. It's a poverty tax. We are essentially punishing people for not having enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at what point do we actually look at the larger system and say, how is this serving anybody? Yeah. Because people don't need to be punished to come out of poverty. They right. already know they're there. Yeah. yeah. They need support. They need the longer table. Those poverty yeah. taxes, that's a higher fence. Mm. Yeah, that's a another podcast. No. So yeah. when you get on those taxes. Yeah, when you, I think you should run for government, Shen. Yeah. <laughs> We'd vote for you. I'd vote for you. Funny, I've Check. actually had a few people say that and I just couldn't agree less, you know? <laughs> Um, I really, really love being able to have my voice and speak my truth. And I have very uh, strong political beliefs, but as somebody who runs a charity, I'm very cognizant that I need to be a nonpartisan, non-political figure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I would do a disservice to mamas um, by not being able to really speak my voice with mm-hmm. regards to these poverty taxes yeah, and what's going on with it. But give me five or 10 years. And when we have, you know, somebody else running mamas potentially, because I've written a New York Times bestseller and I'm now our biggest donor and not our biggest fundraiser. Not a girl. There you that's, go. Yeah. that's my wow. goal. Then we'll talk about then that. We'll then we'll talk because <laughs> then I can circle back. And yeah, yeah if, if I don't have to be the voice of mamas, I'd love to be the voice for, for poverty relief in Canada because... Mm-hmm. I have a loud voice and I should use it for something good. <laughs> yeah, girl. You know? Yeah. Like Nana would say, yeah, well, well-behaved women rarely make history. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's that, so girl. true. Yeah. Right? Well, That's oh, a, your Nana sounds so awesome. She's such a badass. Yeah. <laughs> a bit about like, I feel like people would want to hear the story about your Nana where you were saying that she used to take you downtown, right? In Kelowna. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, well, there was like a... There's always been a living out population here in Kelowna and I was born and raised here. So I've been here since 86, if I'm going to be totally honest. So, Interesting. you know, back in the day, there were... You're uh, a baby. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, am I aging myself or what's happening? You're a baby. Um, but I, I just remember uh, every single time there was either Christmas or a birthday or something where gifts were coming into our home. We always had to take all of our toys that we were either done playing with or that we loved a lot still because the best things to give are the things that you love. And Nana would say, don't give away the things you don't like. You know, fill the food bank hamper bin with your favorite food from your hamper, not not the leftovers. Anyway, so she would say, get some of your favorite things and we're going to go down to the gospel mission. And we were just driving by and we would stop in her little white car and we would get out and we would bring bags and bags and bags of toys. At the time, I didn't realize the gospel mission didn't have kids. You know, it wasn't like we were actually bringing the toys to children there, but then they would get out to the Salvation Army and she would just bring me to the one place where it was very visible Mm. that the need was so much greater than any need I might have um, in my own life at that point as a Mm -hmm. six, seven, eight-year-old we all live in ego. You know, we live in our, what we need and what we want. And she always just had this very gentle, compassionate way of showing me how damn lucky I was. Mm. She never made me feel bad about having. She just made me feel good for sharing. 
Oh, maybe that's where I need to. That's so inspiring. Switch my. You have all the black. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, we can learn from Shannon. Yeah, we totally could. They're, yeah, our kids are little entrepreneurs, and they're always trying to sell things. So you know, they can do the selling, but then they can also do the giving mm-hmm. so that they can, yeah. yeah. Well, and one thing that that we would always do too is um, we would buy brand new gifts mm-hmm. and we would bring them into places so that, you know, kids could have something brand new because yeah, Nana sure. would always say, just because you don't have enough doesn't mean you shouldn't get the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like your grandma should have written, your Nana should have yeah. written a book. Jeez, she did. Yeah, did she? she did. But it's it's her very, very personal Memoirs. autobiographical life story that mm-hmm. uh, one day if she comes through me, you know, to share it, that'll be a family decision. But her her story is like um, resiliency embodied no mm-hmm. kidding. and kindness where most would have lost the capacity yeah. for kindness and for compassion. She somehow uh, doubled down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, she would always say, you know, um, in the darkness, there's always light. And if there's not, you have to be it. Oh mm. my gosh. I mean, these quotes, I'm going to totally yeah. like... I got this so good. over here. <laughs> Nana I mean, quotes. Yeah. I, feel like you, I feel like she is, like you've embodied yeah. who she is because that's who you Thank are. Thank you. Right? Yeah. I really do it's feel that. the nicest that. thing anyone's ever said Aww. to me. <laughs> Let that be light. I yeah. tell you what. <laughs> yeah, well, she I just, feel like that because you, everything you're saying, I'm feeling like, well, that's kind of you. you yeah, know? that's... So, well, thank you. I mean, because... Yeah. Every part of me just wants to honor what it is that she brought into my life. You know, mm-hmm. I was a very challenging child. Um, I was the redhead. <laughs> yes, I, was, I, was, I lived true she to was the fire. Yeah. Um, but I was the middle child of five in a you know Roman Catholic Indigenous family, and we had a lot of stuff. You know, I have three mm-hmm. sisters. We're all about eighteen months apart, and um, I was that traditional middle child. And so I basically just was with my Nana most of the time. Yeah, (laughs) And she never made me feel bad for being big. Mm -hmm. She never made me feel bad for taking up space. In the world. In the world and in in my life and in my family. And I don't think my mom and dad ever meant to, but they were just like, holy shit, like there's a lot of you. (laughs) You know, and you are a lot on your own. (laughs) Yeah. And she would always say, you know, I just love hearing your ideas. Mm -hmm. And she just just delighted in in hearing me speak and in and in watching me grow. And there are very few people in the world, I think, that can make you feel like my Nana made me feel. But if if I can do that for one other person, then Mamas for Mamas was a success. Oh I'm sure you've done I'm sure you have. many, many people. Wow. So, yeah. This and is I, like so inspiring. I, I know. Gosh, right? yeah. I I like, man, I'm just looking at myself going, man, I am the disappointment. <laughs> no, <laughs> my God. Well, and, and that's the thing is this all comes from this like unbelievable desire to overachieve just to be enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so many of us women come up with that you know, experience as young girls and as, mm-hmm. as young women, but then it follows us into motherhood. Yeah. And that I think is what my biggest goal in in having Mamas for Mamas is, as part of my life and as this movement is to change the way we treat each other as mothers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, as women. For sure. As in women, you know, yeah. and like, as... I love that that was your, that was the starting with that chat because... I mean, I feel like we're getting better at supporting each other, but there's still a lot of comparison and trying to be like everybody else. And yeah, and it's this whole like, um, I have to be better than the mom beside me to be a good enough mom in my own skin mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I challenge that because 
you're a great mom for a different reason than I'm a great mom. Yeah. Um, I've had massive mom guilt around my 16 hour work days. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of uh, frustration at myself for the choices I make sometimes, you know, staying up till one and two to finish a document or a grant and being so exhausted in the morning, I'm cranky with my boys when they're trying to get ready for school. I mean, there's not enough hours in the day. We have to just choose what we do wisely and be proud of ourselves for our choices. Yeah. But I feel like it goes both ways. I've always said, you know, when you're at home, you're with your kids, but you're you're feeling like, you know, for me anyways, it was the guilt of, gosh, I'm not doing, I'm not doing my, I'm not doing my purpose. But then the minute you're away, you feel guilty because you're not with them. It's sort of that double-edged sword. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there's an answer to it except to give yeah. ourselves a lot more grace yeah. and to just exactly. be a lot kinder to ourselves and to each other about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, lean on the people that tell us to lean on them. Yeah, be open and honest. Like I've been unbelievably open and honest with my partner and he has been amazing about it. It was tough. You know, I was the one who committed to being home with the kids. Yeah. I was the one who changed the rules of our marriage and I didn't mean to. It's just that mama's took off and started its own journey. And I was like, babe, I got to follow her. You know, I got to, I got to keep coming up with this. Like there's so much to do. Yeah. And that's when I said to him, we have to sell our house if we're going to keep going with this venture because I've already kind of spent the seed funding that we had in liquid cash. And it's going to be another 100, 150 grand because I just signed a five-year commercial lease. So I can break the lease. I have 14 days or we sell the house and we just go like all in. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't think we should do it on our own. We should get a realtor. You know, I feel like we should definitely not try and yeah. sell by owner. Like his first, he wasn't like, do we do it or not? He just thought, and I was so grateful to him Aww, because, yeah. you know, that was definitely not a response that most would expect or yeah. most mm-hmm. would offer. Yeah. But he believed in me like my Nana believed in me. Yeah. yeah that's Aww. amazing. That's you know? really yeah. Having a supportive partner is huge for mm-hmm. sure. I would say that my husband probably is the same way. Just like, yeah, I'll follow your lead. Yeah. Head on, you know, but that is, that's the, just such a beautiful thing because you wouldn't have been able to do it otherwise. It it would have been a very different experience. It would have been, you know, still out of our garage and still out of these storage units because it was just yeah. a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. But by the time 2017 rolled around and I had worked with the CRA for three years and we got Kate Snowsell from Doak Sheriff in town. She was like my saving grace. She's still uh, one of our top people we go to for everything. Um, and she helped me write my final draft of the bylaws that got approved because turns out social workers don't write very good bylaws. <laughs> <laughs> um, but lawyers do. Oh, lawyers, there yeah. you go. <laughs> and uh, she, she just, I don't know, there was something about her. She believed in me. She backed me and she helped me write these bylaws. I remember I was in my office at the Elizabeth Fry Society on my lunch hour um, in between clients. And she called me and said, like, the draft is done, send it in. Mm. And it was January 7th or 27th, 2017, that we got the call from Joanne at the CRA. She's like almost excited as I was because she's been part of this. <laughs> she's with like, me. I don't she's like, Shannon, 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 check your email. Shannon, check your email. And I was like, what is it? What is it? She's like, I can't tell you verbally. You have to check your email. And so I'm like logging in and checking it. And then I I just yelled like, yeah. I was so excited. Like it was like reverberated through the whole room. And Lindsay Hammond, who is now the National Director of Programs and Services for Mamas for Mamas, was the specialized victim service worker at E-Fry at the time. Mm-hmm. She was in the office beside me and she just comes running in, did you get it? <laughs> did you get it? <laughs> I was like, yes. yeah. Aww. And I gave my notice that day. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's so awesome. What a great what story. Here. Yeah. From what I'm getting from that is 
you know, the support from other women and other people, like doing it together Mm -hmm. because we are stronger together. And that's what I love about Mamas for Mamas is just this, you know, community and this network and, and, you know, giving somebody a hand up. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's, yeah. The movement behind it is, is Mm -hmm. I feel even more powerful than the charity. Right. You know, it's this community of mothers and women and men and people looking after each other. And then we have that charitable safety net to make sure that if somebody's falling through the cracks, we've built programs that can fund proper Mm -hmm. solutions that may not be available elsewhere. But it was really that, you know, the, the movement in and of itself to just be kinder to each other Mm -hmm. and to challenge the notion that we need to be competitive in order to win. We can win without beating someone else. Yeah. yeah. You can have a win-win. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I do that and I see that so often and it's so damn inspiring, mm-hmm. you know, to see like at the Quib events. I came back to Quib this year. I had I had just been busy and stressed and trying to figure out which networking, you know, to prioritize. Yeah, yeah. And I came back to Quib as my top, you know, just every month for sure I'll go to this one because it is so, it, it's really about connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really not about competition. It's about building up each other's businesses. It's about retreat runners supporting other retreat runners. It's hairdressers supporting hairdressers. It's, you know, unbelievable in the way that it's so rare. Mm -hmm. And one thing that people will often ask is, you know, how did mamas become so successful so fast? And it didn't. I just had a lot of failure that I was able to absorb, you know, Mm. and I think that that's something we need to recognize that failure is beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Like failure is something to celebrate because we tried and it didn't work, but now we know. Yeah. 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 You can always change direction, change course. You yeah. know, if it's not working, it's not a failure, it's just a lesson. And then you move on to the next one, right? You pivot. Yeah. 100%. The and yeah. that's like, I think one of the biggest messages that I like to put out there about Mamas for Mamas is, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't successful. We just refused to quit. Yeah. I love that. The determination. And, yeah. So you have got a lot. Yeah. You got a, I think your million dollar business is going to be bumper stickers. <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And Bridge quotes by and Nana or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Like, say copyright. I can't copyright. Copyright. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, it's fine, man. oh my gosh. Well, that yeah. is my goal is over the next five to seven years is to develop my revenue stream outside of Mamas for Mamas for yeah. my life and my family mm-hmm. and um, donate 50% back of anything and everything I make in perpetuity to this charity. So ideally, um, you know, in a hundred years when Mamas for Mamas is in every single community, like you do, you see a YMCA or a Boys and Girls Club, you're going to see a Mamas for Mamas, mm-hmm. but it's going to be funded by Big Mama Inc. You know what I'm saying? I like it, yeah. <laughs> Perpetuity, because I'm sure. our biggest fundraiser right now, but I will be our biggest donor in no time, and mm-hmm. I and I look forward to that. That's amazing, oh, very inspiring. That. So, do you feel like um, women have a hard time asking for help? Because I know when oh, we moved question. here, I was that person where I can do everything. I'm super mom how I looked to the outside world is like, I have it all together and all that kind of stuff. So asking for help was really, really hard for me. So, but then I did, I did. And like, I have not looked back because my goodness, this community came together Mm -hmm. because my husband works out of town Monday Mm -hmm. to Friday. So now I became a single mom during the week and then trying to start businesses in a new, you know, city, renoing a house, all that kind of jazz. And I was... I was not, I'm not going to say failing, but I was failing. Yeah. Yes. I was you like, oh. yeah, right. Yeah. So. You're trying to 
be and you're trying to do instead, instead of, of just try to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to do that when you don't have people that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. And even if it's your besties or it's your mom or it's your partner, that's great. But you need a village of people that are in your world on a regular basis that you can call and they will be there. And it doesn't always look the same. Um, for me, it was, I needed the Mamas for Mamas community not to help paying my rent or for food, but I needed Tylenol and eardrops for my son in the middle of the night. And Kelly Wilson showed up because she has a son who's got ear issues as well. And she runs our deaf and hard of hearing program as a lived experience mama. She came mm-hmm. to me frustrated. She couldn't find funding. So we built a program to fund it because it wasn't just her. Anyway, she showed up. We just, anyways, we made a little program. Meritorious is coming through, Nimi, now. But okay, but every single one of the Mamas for Mamas programs was built based on just a need presenting and us trying to find a way to meet it. And our failure, so to speak, in meeting that need in the community resulted in a very successful program development on our end, which created a no duplication of efforts program that was not taking the funding from the other programs because it was, we're taking you know, corporate funding versus grant funding, because we know that that is very specific to what that program needs in town. So it's not just about running the programs that fill the gaps. It's also ensuring that you aren't applying for the same funding that you know other nonprofits need for that program that they run. Wow. So it's just being really cognizant and really respectful. And if somebody says to you, oh, geez, you know, I really need that, I don't know, Coast Capital funding, let's just say. I will pull back on my application um, and write them a letter of support as a, as a real show of support. And that to mm-hmm. me is what building longer tables instead of higher fences looks like. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean that I will have less access to services. It means that I need to refer out for those services. And that's just as well. It's not about who gets the credit. It's who gets the help. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the the mandate yeah. behind mamas. It's It's like, we don't have to do it for it to be done well. Yeah. It just yeah, needs like to be that. done. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You know, There's but so as much a result, humility in that. Like you just are, you have so much humility and so much, um, well, nurturing, compassion, all the things. But I love that so much because it's really, you know, you're being the change maker in the world. Really. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not, I haven't always been that way and I'm not always that way to be totally honest. You know, it's, uh, it can be hard sometimes to trust that when you pull back on something, offer that letter of support, it will come back. But it's that kindness currency piece. Mm -hmm. It's that the same way as donating your crib or your stroller or something you could go and sell, you know, but you're giving it to mamas for mamas because you know in your heart it's going to go to somebody who really needs it. I'm like that with grants. So it's just in a different way. Instead of giving away my stroller and not wanting money for it, I'm offering up an opportunity for funding for a nonprofit in town that I love and I want to get that, I want them to get that funding because I want to continue filling their program and we'll just find another way. You know, if the apple pie is used up in terms of funding, like get an Australian meat pie, get a cherry pie, (laughs) go and figure out a new recipe for a rhubarb pie. There's an endless amount of pie, my friends. Yeah. Right. It's just a matter of being willing to find different ways of Mm. finding the pie. (laughs) Gosh, that is so good. Now I'm hungry. I want some pie. Exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> and can't wait for your book, Shannon. Can't wait for your book. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, yeah, thank you. I'm excited. I'm writing it right now. And, you know, I'm like, ooh, take that out. And then, ooh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, put it in. Yeah. Be you. Oh, uh, that's what she said, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. Second of all, um, I will definitely have some, <laughs> some solid proofreading on done uh, <laughs> yeah. on, on that. But I never really thought my story was any anything worth writing about. I just figured I write because it helps me process what I do and what I go through. And, you know, it's been an unbelievably difficult year, um, but I'm still unbelievably blessed. Mm -hmm. So if I've gone through an unbelievably difficult year and I'm standing where I am today, I am so lucky, yeah, you know, perspective. and I'm incredibly blessed. Yeah. You know, we do make our own luck in many ways, but yeah. I, I believe also that the myth of meritocracy is really pervasive and it really affects us all day, every day when we believe somehow that everybody's born with the same abilities and privileges. Like many of us are born with that invisible knapsack of privilege. Yeah. You know, what we look like, who we are, what socioeconomic status we're born into, all of these things create that you know, old Peggy McIntosh, the invisible knapsack, you know, we're yep. born into the world with a certain amount of privilege. And when we kind of punish other people because they haven't been able to get to that level of success because we believe they just haven't worked hard enough. I mean, that is the, in essence, what's wrong with our belief system about those in poverty, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because we're not all born on third base. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm a white woman from an affluent family. You know, yeah. I have a, a lot to be um, very privileged about, but in that humility, like you speak about, when we recognize our privilege and we put out there to say, well, if I have privilege, it's my job to amplify voices that don't. Yeah. And right. for me, that's those in poverty because they have been silenced and they, and they shouldn't be because their voice is just as important as mine and as yours. Mm -hmm. It's just harder to hear. Well, you have a very loud voice. So, <laughs> so we're glad you're we're saying glad it. you're saying it. <laughs> yeah. Scream it out loud. Yeah. You have a very powerful message. She does. And, thank um, you. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, thank you for sharing it with us and the world. And thank you for the work that you do because um, it does create ripples in the world. You know, there's no, there's no small acts of kindness. You know, they're all... They're all so going to land where they're supposed to. I have that written on the wall at Mama's. Um, it's an Aesop quote and it's um, no act of kindness, however small is ever wasted. Yeah. Mm. So true. Like I got a lot of goosebumps here today, girls. No, yeah, I me know, too. me too. I think I shaved my legs. I prickling up. And I just want to thank you for this chat because I woke up today feeling really hard on myself. Mm. And mm. I'm in this room feeling really inspired and empowered, you know, and oh. grateful to you ladies for, for having me in today and for just having this kind of conversation on the regular on this podcast, because it's, it's important that we do it. And yeah. I really don't like talking about myself and I have a really hard time with it. And every time I'm coming into one of these podcasts, I get into this weird headspace where I'm like, why do, why do you think you should be saying things? And, you know, it's like imposter, <laughs> imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, girl, get off it. Like, yeah. stop it. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for, you know, helping me stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's good. And yeah. how do like, if somebody wants to either donate to mamas or access mamas, yeah. how do they 
Go so, like mamasformamas.org is a pretty all-encompassing area to go in and check out our head office location here in Kelowna. We've got the farm, so we do really fresh food for all of our hampers. We've got the national distribution warehouse here in Kelowna. So that's like where we bring in all of the national partnered products. And then we're distributing them to our Nanaimo, Vancouver, Red Deer, Edmonton, and Calgary branches. Wow. So right now, yeah, we're just about to get into spring season. Uh, we're opening our Edmonton branch this month. So this is our like inaugural. Wow. Opening Edmonton, Edmonton. These two Edmontonians <laughs> here. So yeah. Um, but yeah, just hit the website. You can make a financial donation or you can come into the office and donate your items. They're always going back out at zero cost to the mamas and the papas in our community. We're always in need of non-perishable food items. Um, always in need of, you know, like underwear, new underwear, new socks, things like that for the kiddos, but also for teens. We have a huge number of teenagers in our champion program uh, that are basically living between houses and or care. So they might be in foster care, they might not. They might be living at home, they might not. Mm. Largely they're couch surfing. And we have a couple hundred kiddos um, in our community that are in that situation and we give them duffels for dignity. So normally when you are moved between foster care environments and no shade, no shame, because we love MCFD. They do great work, but they're given garbage bags and that's how they move their items. And we don't believe that that is really articulating how we feel about our youth. So we got Mm -hmm. really cool duffel bags from Sweet Legs and we fill them up with socks, underwear, uh, a travel mug, some water bottles, little Subway gift cards are a great Mm -hmm. way to support those teens. You can always drop Mm -hmm. off gift cards for Subway and Tim Hortons and things like that. Uh, Sometimes it's all they eat that day. So it's really cool for us to be able to provide that and know that they are not falling through the cracks because their mama's Mm -hmm. not around. And, you know, there's many reasons why mamas and papas aren't able to be there and we don't judge and we don't shame. We just step in until they can be there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is there any way... Um, for younger kids to volunteer? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, there's the farm, first of all. (laughs) A farm. So the farm is, you know, we have uh, about 98 chickens and Mm -hmm. they lay eggs. And we, our our original agreement was to trade half the eggs our chickens produce to use the land. Um, And so that's, it's a sharing economy, you know, everywhere we go. They can help out with the chickens or they can help plant. They can do seedlings at home even. So Mm -hmm. if you want, come pick up some seeds for mamas for mamas, and then you can take them home and seedling them. Mm. get them started for us and then bring them down and we'll plant. Oh, cool. I love it. Really cool stuff like that. There's also coming into the karma market. You know, we are always, it's like a big free store. So we're always sorting clothes. We're putting stuff out. Uh, I think it's April 5th. We're doing a great big uh, dress, dress yourself for the spring kind of thing. So we have all these pretty dresses that have been donated. So there's people who have to go to weddings. They can't afford a dress or Mm. it's just that groceries are, you know, $28 for a head of lettuce right now. So buying a dress isn't on the budget anymore. Come on down and we'll get you dressed up. Um, We work closely with Dress for Success and Proud for Prom. So Mm. whenever they've got stuff going on, it's really cool for us to be able to have a group of volunteers get together and help them as well. Yeah. So when you volunteer at Mamas, you're, you're not always volunteering at a Mamas for Mamas program or event. We really like to work with as many women run and women led organizations as possible to fill those gaps for each other. Because volunteering, you know, when we're helping our community, it doesn't really matter which agency you're with. So we have lots of opportunities and great referrals for other charities that always need great volunteers, kiddos, Mm -hmm. things like that. And we always need baby holders. Oh, oh, sign me up. Sign me up. It's my favorite. (laughs) I love a baby hold. I saw your post about that and I was wondering, tell me a little bit more about that. 
I'm obsessed with babies is yeah. basically the situation. Yeah, and it's smart that you hold on to people's babies. Yes. You don't just... No, my body rejects them quickly. Like my first was born at 33 weeks and my second was oh. born at 37. And that was one of the reasons mamas kind of really got moving um, early like it did was because I was a NICU mama. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy almost died in his in his birth. He We had an abruption. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was a 23-year-old healthy young woman that's about to give birth in seven weeks. Next thing you know, I was, it was like a murder scene in my house. It was the scariest thing. And my husband worked out of town and I was on my own. And um, honestly, there, there was an angel there that day. Yeah. And it was my dad. Um, my son was born on my parents' wedding anniversary, oh, wow. <laughs> July 22nd, which is such a trip because they had been divorced for 17 years and they were back together in the month before he passed away. So they oh, got back together. Wow. They walked me down the aisle together. Oh, um, that's a beautiful story. It was, it was really special. And then he was up hiking up Knox Mountain the day after my wedding and he had a heart attack. Mm. So um, <sighs> having my baby so early, um, I held a lot of those NICU babies and a lot of their mamas weren't around. Mm-hmm. And I had to get special permission from the mums and from the nurses uh, to do that. But I was there from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. with my son. And they wouldn't let me sleep overnight, but I was allowed to be there for the entire time. My husband worked out of town, so I was on my own. And I got my love from holding those babies. Mm. And I got to fill my cup by making sure that other little humans that needed a nervous system upon which to regulate and to connect and to build the attachment. I thought, well, I think think I'm here for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, and I probably held a hundred babies, new babies um, in those 32 days that I was in the NICU. And it was like when my heart was breaking, um, it wasn't even close to what theirs Mm -hmm. experience was. And um, I remember one of the baby's name was Hope. And I'll never forget her. And her mom was really special too. I won't say her name, but her mom was really special. And she really, really tried really, really hard. And she wasn't able to go home with her baby, but she really tried. Mm -hmm. And when she wasn't able to be there, she would ask me to hold Hope. And I would. And I would hold her all day. And I was only allowed to hold Jimmy very short periods of time. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kangaroo care wasn't a thing back then. Um, and so because he had been so early, they were like trying to avoid stimulation and things like that. So he was like a no touch baby for the first seven days, Wow! um, which just is the most heartbreaking story and experience, but I got to hold hope Mm -hmm. and that gave me hope. Yeah. And so, you know, now, um, when the baby comes into the mama's office, I almost feel like it's like a little message, Mm. you know, um, that I have something they need. And if I can give them a little bit of love, um, it gives me more than it will ever give them. And it just makes me feel connected to my why, Mm -hmm. you know, to building mamas because the sadness in that NICU that I saw can also be seen as a lot of beauty Mm -hmm. and a lot of repair and a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were a lot of babies in there that I really wish I could have done more for their mamas. But at least I could hold their baby. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. And hope. I mean, that to me is just a word that is just embodies our youth. Mm-hmm. It's just like I see kids and babies and I look at my two girls and I just see hope. Yeah. You know, hope for the future. Yeah. And hope for a kinder future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've really been pitted against each other um, unnecessarily over the last few decades, just in terms of trying to 
prove that we can do it all and, you know, prove mm-hmm. that even if we leave the home and go work, you know, we'll still look after things just as well. Don't yeah. worry. You know, that was the mentality for a long time is yeah. if you can show your partner that you can you'd still be a great mom and a good housewife, you can work. Yeah. yeah. And then we, since then, we've all been trying to prove to each other that we're better at it than the other. And guess what? Like, we're all just doing our best. Yeah. yeah. Amen, sister. You know, yeah. so instead yeah. of bringing a casserole, like bring some compassion. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. some wine. <laughs> Maybe some wine. You know, wow. compassion There's over casseroles. Plenty of that in my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> Again, compassion over casseroles. Yeah. Compassion over casseroles. <laughs> Again, another quote. Another yeah. quote. Totally making posters. Just remember everywhere. where all your inspiration came Come from back. in your big time. <laughs> Don't forget the little people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be in my office and these things will just fly out of my mouth and I'll look at Christine. She's my calendar goddess and my brain. She literally is my brain outside of my body. And she's like, we got to write that down. <laughs> and then I look over at Steph. She's like, is that a t-shirt? And there's like, we have all, we have like an entire t-shirt line design. We'll, we'll probably never actually make the t-shirts, you know, because they're really good, but I don't know who else would buy them except for us because they make no sense to anybody else. So I think you could even, Shannon, just do a book of quotes. And sell it. Honest to goodness, this is a brainwave. No, I kind of like Book this. of quotes, and then you just everybody in Kelowna would buy one because first of all, we'd love to support you. Second of all, I feel like I want this book. I'm like, what to make my, my own t-shirts today. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. Quote oh, yeah. a day. Get yeah. Christine by Nana. Yeah. Hey, Christine, write oh, that down. Right? You could do calendars. You could do yeah. the rip away calendar. Oh, yeah. This is this is going to be your, in the, while you're building your, be your words your from Nana. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, anything I do, it will support mamas. So that's kind of a cool way that I've, it's like my reduction of mom guilt for mamas being yeah. my third baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel bad like moving away from looking after her completely as long as I still find a way to look after her along the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, I tell you. So, um, Shannon, we'd love to have you here all the time. And uh, or we'd love Likewise. to talk to you for another 19 hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, time flies. I feel like it's been five minutes. I know. It's I know. Been, it was speedy. Oh what my time gosh. Is it? It's We're a, in the it's, vortex. It doesn't matter yeah, what time yeah. it is. Perfect. But we do have some rapid fire questions that we'd like yes. to ask you. Um, um, Alex is going to take that Okay. Away. So, what would you say if you, you know, and I feel like this is a vague question, maybe, but what's your biggest. Thing that stands out right now is like a really big parenting win. I'm sure you've had many parenting wins, but something where you were like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I feel like there's a story. Sorry, Brad. Um, when my kid's principal finally really took me seriously when it came to my son's mental health. Mm. I had a major parenting win um, getting a school-based team put together to help my son uh, go through some big feelings. And he was struggling to go through those feelings outside of my connection. So he was really struggling to go to school. Mm -hmm. And uh, principal is amazing. Like he's a really great guy. He's just got his kind of way of doing things. And I respect him a lot, but I pushed back. And you can imagine what I'm like as a mother, (laughs) Um, you know, and- Mama bear. (laughs) Yeah, bless his heart. He really responded well to the fierce- mama bear that came out and uh, I really feel supported around my kiddo and his mental health and his just overall socio uh, emotional learning being priority. Mm -hmm. I said, we can get his academics back up in no time, but if you're not giving his nervous system a space in which he feels safe to learn, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So this is what I need from you and this is what I'm expecting and this is what I'm hoping for or I'll be homeschooling him. And 
I think we all knew I wasn't really a homeschooler. I'm like, I think we're all pretty aware. Shannon is not a homeschooler. But I was just like, like, absolutely not. And this is how it's going to be. And at the same time as that was going on, I was dealing with a, you know, another situation in my life that I really felt I needed to hold strong on. And I did. And I was really damn proud of myself on that one. That's good. That sounds like a huge win. I just wanted to say, I think you need to release any mom guilt that you have because <laughs> I think kids much like you couldn't really see the value of your Nana until you're you know had some years behind you I think your kids will realize that too I think you so. know I think they, so they'll too. get it one day one they're day, starting hopefully. to notice it now and yeah. they say a few things sometimes that just gives me pause in the best way mm, yeah nice. It's always nice when they like throw something in amongst all the yeah. big the emotions chaos? yeah <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, they still love me. Oh, they still think I'm the best. That's yeah. the hard thing about yeah. motherhood, though, is it's not a, a, at the moment rewarding all the time. It's like the after, you totally. know, the looking back and the years later and the, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm kind of on the opposite of that. Is there anything that you could think of? It doesn't have to be a major thing where you're like, oh shit, I wish I had a two-over on that one. <laughs> oh God. Too much. Oh my God. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I can think about it right off the top of my head. Um, I had my first day of work the same day my son had his first day of kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And my boss asked me what my priority was when I said I wanted to bring him to his first day of school. And it didn't seem like she was really asking me. Mm. She was kind of letting me know that it would be my first and last day. Mm. Wow. And I went to work. Yeah. And I, instead of getting angry about that, have built an organization where every mom gets to go to their first day of their kid's school Mm -hmm. or if they've got... Uh, a pageant or if they've got an art show, you are mama first and part of mama's second. And Mm. so it crushed my soul um, knowing that I made that choice, but his Nana took him and Jimmy's got a relationship with his Nana like I do with mine. And that's Dylan's mom. And she is just an absolute rock star. Like Mm. she's, she's very, very special. And she took him and she said to me, honey, you'll have many days. You'll have many special moments. He'll, he won't even remember and he doesn't, and he didn't, but I do. Yeah, and so yeah. guilt part is the you yeah. remember. They may not, but you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. But Just, you know what? So I made it to my second one's first day of kindergarten because oh, no, I worked at mama's for mamas at yeah. that point. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But you know, it's like that. It comes back to that. All the experiences that you go through in life, up, down, and all around, create. You know, it's all a path to where you're going. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I'm grateful for the experience. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful for all experiences that weren't ideal at the time because they really taught me a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't be who I was today. I wouldn't understand resiliency like Mm -hmm. I do if I hadn't been put through the ringer. So I am grateful for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, wish I'd taken him to his damn first day of freaking kindergarten, you know? Like, that one's still grinds my gears. Well, there's so much in that with boundaries and, you know, sticking up for yourself. And I mean, there's a lot in that. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. that's the that next that part. We yeah. just, we're just <laughs> ended on that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be on part two with you, Shannon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, part two. Let me unload on the art. Look no. at the employee policies at Mama's, and they're a direct reflection of our past experiences and what you know. Yeah. When you know better, you have to do better. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's awesome. Well, oh well um, that was so fun talking yeah, to you. Thank and you so much. And I mean, you've already kind of said this, but just because we do this at the end of every one, where can people find you? So yes, well. At Mamas for Mamas is our Instagram and we're pretty active on there. But also, you know, if you need help, 
it, just Google Mamas for Mamas support form. You can send in an email. We get it right away. Or you can give us a call, 236 420 We will help you out. Or 1-800. Wait, wait, no. We have a 1-800 number now. It's one 866 Mamas, I think. I think Christine, you're gonna have to fix that. <laughs> Where's my Christine? Um, but no, we do. We do have like multiple. If you just Google us, um, yeah. <laughs> Google it, Christine. <laughs> Sorry, that's another T-shirt. That yeah. Nobody will Put understand. We will deal with the consequences of your actions tomorrow. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> oh well, thank you, Shannon. That was so great Sorry. talking to you. Man, I don't yeah. think I can get hyped today. Like, I'm a natural just, hype girl. I can't even yeah. help it. I legitimately feel like my oh, endorphins. No, I am just awesome. like, I'm flying. Hey, we're here on Monday morning. Come on in. Come on down. Careful, because I'm just going to start rolling in. Be like, what the hell is Shannon doing here again? She's back. She's back. Shop your face. You could be our uh, surprise special guest. You know? Yeah. I cannot even right now. <laughs> Take the Photoshop. Oh my god, that is so funny. But no, really, this is this has been awesome. Been You're welcome back anytime. And we will for Thank sure you. have to have you back because you are a very busy girl, and I know that you're not going to stop here. And the next time we see you, you'll have more to your roster. Yeah, somehow we'll be doing something. We'll be yeah. doing something. Well, the next the next thing I think you'll see is Ontario. Okay. But, oh, nice. uh, we're really focused on roots right now. Mm. Uh, so wings will come <clears throat> in a few months. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to supporting you for sure. Uh, yeah, our you. kids are, we're de- we were talking about this. Yeah, we'll definitely get our volunteer. kids. Yeah, bring them yeah. down to the farm. Bring them down yeah. to yeah. Like, the swaps. Bring them down oh, to yeah. like, yeah. We're coming hot and heavy. Done. We ready. will no get more, you uh, going. <laughs> summer camps. You're feeding the <laughs> chickens. <laughs> Great oh it's gosh. actually really fun and it's educational and Penny will What hours can we drop them off? <laughs> hey, you know what? I bet you if we put it out to the is there some sort of like a farm thing? <laughs> oh my god, like, you know what? Now have, I'm starting to realize labor. like we this can get could actually be, be like a summer camp. camp. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The mama Whoa. summer camp. The mama oh. your summer camp to fund your oh yeah. I know everything we do has like a back way of funding another program yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you could are... call it the de-entitling summer camp oh my building character everybody yeah. in the Kelowna yeah. area happening in August yeah. we'll be your first, our kids will be your first customer yeah. oh, my oh my gosh I seriously love this so much it's such yeah. a good idea there's a need for it I yeah. think there really I think is so. yeah. there really okay. is well, we're doing it yeah. Yeah, Done. Done. The disentitlement yeah. can <laughs> We're going to have to reorganize that. Bye, mamas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The building longer tables. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's what I, we've talked about this wanting to be able to, because there's so many ways for us to give back our time, but our kids who really, you know, could use some time user space, get off the 
pod, like get off the TVs and the, yeah. you know, yeah. phones and stuff, go out and what kind of kids would we raise, you know, or giving like, yep. imagine the perspective if this is what they do with their time. Oh, I know. And things like, you know, getting them to organize the birthday party program room. Yeah. Many people yeah. don't think about, you know, what it's like not only to have a birthday and mom can't get a cake and, and a present, but imagine you're invited to a birthday. Maybe it's the second birthday that month. Mom doesn't have five, 10, $20 for a gift. You come to mama's, we'll give you a gift. You get to go to the birthday party like all the mm. other kids. Oh. The birthday party program isn't yeah. just for the mamas who have a child with a birthday. You know, it's, I remember my mom like going through this. I never really noticed it for what it was at the time. But later when I told her about this program, she was just a wreck. Because oh. she's like, Shan, you have no idea how many times I scrimped. And if yeah. it wasn't, and she says, if it wasn't for Nana, you guys probably wouldn't have gone to half the parties because she bought you the gifts. Oh. So, you know, it was one of those things that Nana would do for us and, and I didn't realize it. And now, you know, I get to, through Mama's, help do that for the kiddos that don't know what's coming from us. And I don't want them to know what's coming from us. Yeah. Yeah. I want kids to wake up on Christmas morning knowing Santa came. Yeah. Not that mamas gave a hamper. Yeah. You know, I, I want them to know that their moms did that because their moms did do that or their dad. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones fighting for what they need. They're the ones advocating yeah. for their child. They didn't get it from mamas. They just got it through mamas. Yeah. Love Amazing. It. Oh my gosh. Um, mic drop. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And now thank we're you. Good. <laughs> Boom. Shannon, Boom. thank you so much. Stay tuned for disentitlement. Oh <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working, what's not working, how we can support you. What are some good topics? And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.